0: Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. Welcome to DBE. This is Stevie G, and you are listening to the podcast designed for students of travel. Make sure to check out Destinations Beyond Expectations at DBETravel.com. That is the podcast's official website, and it has some great blogs, the entire episode library a button to support the show through Patreon, and a lot more. No matter if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, I invite you to hit that subscribe or follow button. And if you can rate and review, that really helps this show bubble up in searches. Of course, Destinations Beyond Expectations is on Facebook and Instagram. So pop over there and give the show a follow. Are you ready to go back to the Big Apple? New York City tourism has no doubt taken a hit throughout the last couple of years. If you remember, New York was a hotspot during points of the pandemic, and as a destination, it's taken longer to open back up to tourists. The good news is that now, New York City is ready to welcome visitors from all over the world. My guest this week is travel blogger Carrie Greenzin from CarrieGreenzinn.com. Carrie loves New York. She's been there three times since December, and she wrote a blog post about some of the must-sees, the most iconic stops around New York City. I really enjoyed my conversation with Carrie. I think it's great to have an episode that helps us get to know the Big Apple again as a tourist destination. So let's get to the show. Here's my chat with travel blogger Carrie Greenzin. Carrie, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Now, New York City is a destination that I think many travelers have to almost refamiliarize themselves with as the last couple of years have certainly been different than normal for New York City tourism. Your Things You Must See in New York City blog, which listeners can find in the show notes, does a great job of giving an overview of the Big Apple. Before we get into some of the specifics, I want to ask you, when was the last time you've been to New York? How many times have you been, and what does the city mean to you?
1: Well, I was just there in February. I actually um, have been there three times since December. <laughs> My daughter just moved there, so now I'm, I'm going to be going often. We're going again in June. Um, New York City means a lot to me. I moved there after college. I was a dancer, and I um, was touring on a show in Mexico, and then immediately after that, All of the other kids in the show were living in New York, and so I moved there and uh, did the New York thing for about four years um, before I left. So I have a great affinity for New York, and because now that I'm a lot older, when I lived there, I was you know, the 20-something New Yorker, so I feel um, like I'm in my 20s again. Every time I go, I just feel really inspired and energized every time I go. I love going to New York.
0: And one thing, you know, visitors should know before they go to New York, or really anywhere for that matter, is what things will be like during the time of year that they visit. Um, you've spent some time there. What are some popular times for tourists to visit New York City? And when is your favorite time of year to, to be in the city?
1: Good question. You know, I think tourists are in New York all the time. Um, I think summer is really, really popular, obviously, um, but it's hot there. and hot is not for everyone you know it's a city and the concrete is hot and it's you know muggy and a lot of people don't i like that but a lot of people don't um so i think the fall is the best time it's crisp and uh you know often clear blue skies and brisk and you know the trees are green and you can be in the park and so i would say the fall is my favorite time however that being said i like going in the winter as well because it's festive and holiday time is fun and even though there's some slush and snow i don't mind that and um if you're lucky you get to have a really pretty snowstorm in manhattan and that's always fun for a few hours and then it gets <laughs> muddy and dirty but um So you know, I wouldn't rule out Christmas time either. I think it's a it's a great time to travel there.
0: Now, New York City is obviously huge and has tons of great food. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the the, all the food options that are across the city and kind of the food food scene? And are there you know one or two favorite places that you want to shout out that you know you might want to recommend someone add to their New York City itinerary?
1: Sure, sure. So the food scene is amazing there. Um, very different from when I lived there, you know, hundred years ago. Now it's, it's really hip and lots of trendy, great places. Um, there are the tourist places that, you know, people go to and it's fun to go to the Russian Tea Room once or to go to Tavern on the Green, um, go to Carnegie Deli or Cat's Deli, you know, to do the famous things. Um, but I have recently found that, you know, with my daughter living there in the uh, lower Manhattan, and the Village, there are lots of really great places. So I would recommend um, the Waverly Inn is really fun. Uh, Via Carota, Lola Taverna is a Greek restaurant. Um, uh, there's another fun place called Jack's Wife Frida, um, which has great brunches. So um, there's a lot of really good food options. Yeah, not inexpensive, but <laughs> lots of good food. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a there's also a lot of advantages if visitors choose to stay in the city rather than if they commute into New York. Can you talk about the amount of hotel options in the city and describe what it's like if you stay there?
1: Yeah. So I think a lot of people get focused on safety. Um, and I think, you know, that's a concern. It's a big city and it's gritty and you want to be careful. Um, but I think that if you stick to the basic hotel chains, they're gonna be in a decent neighborhood. And if you go for like a three-star hotel that has five-star reviews, you're gonna be fine. You know, if you stick with the, the Hilton's or the, the Marriott's or that kind of thing, then you're guaranteed to be in a decent spot and be safe and you can sort of trust it. So that's, that's what I recommend. I think, um, you know, apartments and, you know, vacation rentals are also a good option depending on how long you wanna be there. Because, you know, you might want to have breakfast in your apartment and not be going out for every single meal. My experience in New York is, you know, oftentimes I, now I stay with my daughter or we stay with friends or, you know, so I'm not always renting hotels. But we we did stay in one place in Harlem, an Aloft Hotel, which was really nice. And Harlem now is not what it used to be. It's really hip and chic and lovely. We stayed at another place in Times Square once, like a Hilton Garden. So that was fun to be right, you know, like minutes away from our Broadway show, which was great because we were rushing and running late. And um, so we got right to the theater close. I've been at in a Midtown uh, Marriott, you know, which was fine. So you can be all up and down the city. Oh, there's another place in the village called a um, Washington Square Hotel, which is nice because you're right by Washington Square Park. So I wouldn't worry so much about the neighborhood you're in because you're not going to be in your hotel room. You're going to be out in the city. So, uh, yeah.
0: And like you kind of mentioned there, too, like if you're staying in Times Square, it's nice because everything is walkable. You, you can go to your hotel and then you can go see a Broadway show or, you know, go check out something else on Times Square. So the walkability factor, I think, is, is super nice, too. Um, New York City is full of people going to a lot of different places. Can you talk about how easy it is to get around New York by foot? And then describe how purchasing a metro card can be a great way to get where you need to go.
1: Yeah, sure. By foot is my preferred method of transportation in New York um, because you just see much more and it's just fun to be out and about on the city streets. I really like that. And in fact, now that my daughter is in the lower East Village, I like to just spend the day walking all the way uptown and you know, take your time and stop and do stuff along the way. If you don't mind going underground, you know, the subways are really, really efficient. Right now it's it's an issue because they recently had such a tragic event. So I think people are a little more, uh, you know, shy about going on the subways, which makes sense. They are not super clean and they are not pretty, but they get you where, you're, where you need to go. So um, if you're okay with that, it's really, really an easy way to get around town. So there is a Metro card that you can buy, like a seven-day pass for, um, I think it's $33. And you can use it for your whole family. So let's say you're there with, you know, your whole crew, I think up to four people. You can swipe through, hand it to the person behind you, then they swipe through. And so you can just keep using that unlimited card for everyone for up to four people, I think it is. So that's a great way to go because I think otherwise the trains cost I don't know two something per ride. So it's a much better deal to get the metro car if you're going to be there, even if you're not going to be there for a whole seven days, but just a weekend or whatever. Um, then Ubers and taxis are you know a gr- also a great way to get around, especially if the weather's inclement and you you know or you need to get to the theater in time that kind of thing. Um you know it's it's really easy to get an uber or hail a taxi still
0: and no matter how you're getting around new york city the city is full of must-sees which your blog covers some of these must-sees and let's start with the empire state building tell us a little bit about the empire state building and why should someone visit the empire state building during their trip to the big apple
1: so you need to go there once because it's iconic and it's special and Um, it's a beautiful building and I think the, um, the experience is really well done. So yes, it's touristy and yeah, it's a little pricey. Um, if you're bringing your whole family, but I I say it's worth it for sure to do once. Um, you do not need to go to the very top floor. I think that's the 106th floor and that's going to cost you a little more money with the, um, windows that go to the floor and you can look out over Manhattan. I think, um, it's it's worth it to pay a little less and go to the 86th floor. And the 86th floor is the famous floor that all the movies show. And you're standing outside, there are heating lamps. You can watch sunset, that's the time of day to go. Like if you get there at you know, four o'clock-ish and you can spend a couple of hours up there and watch the sun setting, they have music, they have champagne. Um, sunset is sort of a special thing on the 86th floor. But when you enter you know, from the street, they take you through a, a whole experience all the way up. So they show you uh, excerpts from all the movies that have been filmed there, and they give you the history of how it was built and when it was made, and lots of interactive fun stuff. And the elevator is exciting, and you know, so so the whole thing is really experience. It's not it's not just being up there um, that makes it worth it. I think the whole sort of environment of being in that building is really special, and I, I love the architecture in New York, so it's, you know, it's one of my favorite spots.
0: You use the word iconic to describe the Empire State Building, which I think is so accurate, and another iconic New York site, something I think of when I think of New York City, uh, is the Statue of Liberty.
1: Statue of Liberty, yeah, she's great, so this is a very fun activity to do. Um, You might have to wait in line a long time, but again, one of those things you gotta do once, because it's really worth it. So you can get tickets down, way downtown at Battery Park and um, buy the tickets that um, I mentioned in my blog that uh, take you to the Ellis Island Museum because that's very, very special. I didn't really, it was, it was years ago um, last time I went, but I didn't realize how moving it would be um, to go into that museum. So the boat takes you around the statue, so you see her. You don't have to get off and be on Liberty Island um, I, I don't think you can walk up inside her anymore. I don't think that's a thing. So, uh, so you just stay in the boat, sort of circle around her, get your photos, and then it's, it drops you off at Ellis Island. And some of the exhibits are um, really, really special, you know, and, and explain all of what happened at the time when all of the immigrants were coming. You can look up your own um, history and, and heritage, and yeah, it's, re- it's really very special so definitely definitely go see the statue at least one time and you know it's windy and it's chilly and um you know you're out on the boat and so that's always fun
0: too speaking of being out and outdoors right in the middle of all the hustle and bustle of the city sits a 843 acre park and of course that is central park can you talk a little bit about central park and describe some of the things that you can experience or see there
1: yeah so central park is pretty special for me i used to live on the upper west side and so i was uh through the park anywhere i went i sort of passed through the park and there's a lot to do there there are events you know there'll be concerts and plays shakespeare in the park things like that if you check the calendar and make sure you get there for something special but if you're just wandering through there are always people there's always music there's a carousel there's restaurant there's uh you know, lots and lots of horse and buggies going by. There's, um, you know, the zoo, you can go jogging. There's like, you know, it's just a beautiful spot. And um, New Yorkers love their park. And so, you know, everybody's always out and about. And that's, that's one of the reasons I love fall the best because being in the park is really great in that time of year.
0: Now, for anyone that loves art museums, the Metropolitan Museum of Art is absolutely world-class. Tell us more about the Met.
1: So the Met, I used to go and just sit on the steps. You could go in for free back then, and you know that was great. Now, every time I go, I make sure I go to the Met for uh, whatever exhibit they have, because they have a lot of really amazing exhibits. You do need to get tickets ahead of time because the lines are long nowadays, like the last time I was there. I, I just decided not to go in because it was going to take so long, so definitely get your tickets ahead of time. So the Met is gorgeous, it's a beautiful building, it has an incredible permanent collection, you know, the Impressionist wing is one of my favorites, there's Sculpture Gardens, there's lots of places to sit and relax, I love that about this museum is that it's, it's sunny and Um, inviting, and you can just sit and rest, too, if you've been out and about. Um, You know, sometimes we've been there in the summer and it's so hot, it's great to go in and just be in the museum and the air conditioning for a few hours is also great. Yeah, I like sitting out on the steps. It's, you know, busy in a great spot that you can get pretzels and hot dogs right there, you know, all day long if you want to. Um, So, yeah, the Met's pretty spectacular spot. One of my favorites.
0: yeah. We, we quickly mentioned Times Square a little bit early in the show, but what can visitors find if they stop by Times Square, which is such a popular place to visit?
1: So I recommend that if you're going to the city that you plan on going to a show one night. It's Broadway and you cannot go wrong. Every show you would ever see is going to be the best in the world. It's a spectacular spot. So, so that would take you to Times Square. The other reasons to go is to just be there in the hubbub. It's like crazy there. It's super busy. There are you know people in costumes and doing all kinds of weird wacky things. And you know it's lively at night. The lights obviously are incredible. You can see where the ball drops and you know and New Year's Eve and just you could shop you can eat you can do everything you want there it is it is a little intense so it might not be for everyone to spend a ton of time roaming around but you'll definitely want to have your camera and you know be part of the scene for a little bit it's it's very you know key to new york it literally is sort of the scent you kind of have to pass through Times square to get anywhere else um so yeah it's fun
0: So September 11th, 2001 was a day that affected so many Americans across the country. New York City suffered an incredible amount of loss due to the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center. And a visit to the 9-11 Memorial can be an extremely powerful one for visitors. Can you talk about the 9-11 Memorial and maybe talk a little bit about the One World Trade Center and the Oculus as well?
1: Sure, so um, when I lived there Um, I worked for a catering company and I spent a lot of time in one of the towers at the very top, uh, serving breakfast to people at the Philip Morris company. So when the towers went down, it was really, you know, it was many, many years later, but I, I often have remembered all the people that were up there and I was up there a lot. So, uh. Much, much later after 9-11, when I went back to New York before they had even uh, finished the memorial, I was there. They had scaffolding and the buildings weren't done yet. And all of the um, pools weren't completed yet, et cetera. So so over the time that I've been there, I've watched it uh, develop and it's beautiful. It's very well done. It's very moving. You sort of enter the site and there are these giant giant pools of cascading water down that you can just sort of uh, listen to and be around and one of the most moving things is that um all of the victims names are carved into the uh you know area around the pools very special there's a a group that puts flowers roses um sort of tucked into the carvings and the people's names on their birthdays, like people pay a lot of attention to this area. So yeah, it's lovely and it's very special. The whole area now is so different than it used to be, obviously. Um, the Oculus is this ginormous, beautiful building that's now the transportation hub, you know, filled with shops and, and et cetera. And um, just architecturally, it's really outstanding. You know when you're downtown that that whole area you're also super close to wall street and and you know if you've gone to the statue of liberty that morning then you're down there too so there's a lot to do in lower manhattan i actually have another blog post that's just about lower manhattan because there's so much to do down there it's really really fun yeah so i i highly recommend doing that it's you know you don't have to go into the museum to experience the 9-11 memorial it's just a very special spot
0: one last thing I wanna ask you about is the High Line. What is the High Line and why is it a must see in your opinion?
1: So the High Line's great. It did not exist when I lived there and over the recent years that I've been going, I we, we walk on the High Line every time. Part of it, all of it, you know, just a little section. So if you start, again, you're downtown and let's say you go to the Whitney Museum which is another outstanding museum, one of my most favorites. The High Line starts right there at the Whitney. So you literally go up, walk up the steps And you are on what used to be uh, a railroad um, that took from the meatpacking district to uptown, the meat. And so then, of course, that stopped whenever it did. And then it was just an ugly sort of sore site that was threatened to be torn down. And people in the neighborhood wanted to save that and created what now is a living, walking museum. So you're walking along the High Line. It's filled with gardens, you know, a different flora and fauna based on the time of year. And you're in amongst the buildings um, because you're up above the ground. And there's artwork everywhere. There's sculpture and there's artwork on the sides of buildings and there's places to pause and sit. And you're seeing up and above Manhattan. It's really, really fun. So um, definitely do the High Line Again, it's free and you get to see a whole part of Manhattan from a different perspective that when you're down in the street, you don't get to see.
0: Very cool. And we've covered so many great New York must-sees, but I want to take a second to ask you about your website, CarrieGreenZin.com, which is a wonderful resource for travelers. You have plenty of great blog posts and travel guides. Tell us more about your website.
1: Uh, so I, like you, uh, started this Travel project during the pandemic which you know sounds counterintuitive at the time when none of us could travel that's when i was obsessing about traveling and also looking forward to you know in a few years retiring and want to be able to travel more so um so that's that's why i started it. i love to talk about my travels i love to share photos i love to take photos i love to go so with friends with family whoever so um so yeah, so now I'm, I'm just busy trying to squeeze in travel whenever I can and amongst my other job and, uh, trying to build that up so that I can continue after I retire so that I can keep going. That's the goal.
0: Very, very cool. And where can we go to stay up to date with you and your travel adventures on Facebook, Instagram, or any other social media platforms?
1: Yeah. So I am on Facebook and Instagram and I'm, now, kind of new to TikTok, trying to figure out how to keep that going because it's really fun to take videos and then to splice them together and inspire people to go places. So um, lately, I've been doing a lot of hiking in Utah and California and different places. So um, so you can check out my videos and blog posts about the hikes on my website and Facebook. Oh, and Pinterest too. I've got a I've got a pretty active Pinterest account now too.
0: Carrie, one last question for you. Destinations Beyond Expectations is the podcast designed for students of travel. And I want to ask you, would you consider yourself to be a student of travel? And if so, can you share something that you've learned along your travel journeys?
1: Absolutely. I definitely am a student of travel, and I love to bring other students along with me. I think that... um, Every time I go, whether it's someplace in a culture I'm familiar with or a culture I'm completely not familiar with, there's so much to learn about how people have pride in where they live, or how people eat where they live, or how people take care of the environment where they live. So I think that it, you know, it makes the world smaller, and that's important to understand other people and to appreciate other people. You know, I, I really think that. If people traveled more, we'd have less stress and problems like we're having now, you know, when when people are, you know, just not understanding somebody else's culture or ideas or religion or any of those things. If you travel and you get a sense of other people, then that that sort of dissipates
0: great answer i totally agree and carrie thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about new york city and the must sees around town i really appreciated you uh, coming on the show and sharing your knowledge
1: thank you so much for having me
0: a big dbe thank you to carrie for joining the podcast make sure to check the show notes to find out more about her website and remember you can give her a follow on social media as well If you're a fan of the Destinations Beyond Expectations podcast, don't forget to share the show with a friend and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. Destinations Beyond Expectations is the official podcast of Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com and begin building your travel tribe. If you want more DBE, you can visit dbetravel.com to find all the episodes, some fun travel blogs, and more. Before we close today's episode, I invite you to follow Group Travel Odyssey on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Why? Well, each Thursday, I'm part of a live stream show called Destination Dispatch, where I team up with co-hosts Jim Deliman and Keith Snow to learn more about great destinations and things that groups can do there. You can catch the show live every Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern when they stream in real time on Group Travel Odyssey's Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn pages so make sure to check Destination Dispatch out. Well, that's all I've got for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon.